The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Welcome to another live episode of Full Press Coverage Radio Live. This is Monday, it is October 21st, and we are on the cusp of finishing week seven. My name is Ian Glendon, and I am joined, as always, by my man, Mr. Mike DeBate. Mike? Michael? All right, well, apparently Mike is having some technical issues, so we're going to get him on the line very shortly. So just bear with us here as we try to get through this episode. Um, it is Monday. we got a bunch to talk about, obviously, uh, the World Series is set. We're going to focus a lot more on that during the uh, Tuesday show as uh, that's when the series will get started between the Nationals and the Astros. Um, we have Monday Night Football tonight. Of course, the Patriots and the Jets battle. That's uh, something, a matchup that that Mike and I hold near and dear to our hearts. And, of course, we have a action-packed Week 7 to get to. Uh, we're going to tell you what we learned and everything like that. So, um Hopefully, hopefully, we can get Mike here on the uh, on the line here in just a moment, and we'll get his thoughts. And, and, unless maybe he just bailed on me because, uh, you know, I, I you know I'm not a pleasant person to be around all the time. Um, but yeah, so again, we we have a lot to get to. We're we're going to talk. You know, maybe we'll talk about the uh, the MVP race here in a moment. Um, again, you know, the it, it kind of got thrown thrown into a whole mix because of some of the uh, results of what happened over the weekend. So we're going to, we're going to kind of get in on that. So, uh, but without further ado, I, I think I finally have Mike on the line. Mike. La, la, la. La, la, la. <laughs> yeah. You, you, uh, you cut out there right at the, uh, right before we're about to go live. So, um, I, I would suggest, uh, I suspect you need more practice working your telephone machine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think there's a little something uh, something wrong with how you run your run your business over there, Mike. Yes, I will. I definitely <laughs> do so. Yes. <laughs> no, all, all kidding aside. No, definitely. It was. Uh, you always you always always manage to come to my rescue, my friend. I do appreciate that. That's, but that's I am I'm back. Here. I am here. And uh, yes, I am here, so uh, we shall get to it. Yes, I am. I'm what they call the uh, the MacGyver of uh, technical difficulties. And uh, for the younger audience out there, um, I am in my 30s, so I I, I don't want to have to explain who MacGyver is. Um, so I made I Mike I, I made a I made a terrible mistake last night. So you know this is the second week we're doing the show, and and it's it's required me to uh, you know really stick to a pretty strict wake up pattern in the morning now you know i get up pretty early to get ready for the show and kind of get myself awake you know do my hair do you know all that stuff you know not that i'm on camera right now tomorrow tomorrow we will be or i will be and you know we'll see about you but i started a documentary last night and <laughs> and i'm a sucker for any sort of crime uh, uh historical any sort of documentary like that it was, it was the jinx it was that hbo <laughs> documentary on robert durst and uh so I'm I'm a little extra tired today, although the coffee's starting to kick in a little bit. 
<laughs> I can imagine. I can definitely imagine. You know, I went down the same rabbit hole last night, continuing to watch the Philadelphia Eagles and the oh, Dallas Cowboys as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think that can lead us into probably what Ian's got on his mind uh, all morning long. So, uh, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, if, I can definitely. I, I can understand that. I don't know if I want to go that route because uh, you know we do like to keep uh, language clean on the show. Uh, so we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to dive too deep into my mind right now, but. Uh, we we do want to tell you what we learned uh, to start the show because, the, you know, look, the, the, there was a lot that we learned this week, and um, we still have one game left, so we can learn just a little bit more than what we what we know now. Um, but the first thing I learned is the Eagles' defense is awful. I mean, god yeah. awful. I mean, I I I thought I looked at this team and I was I was enamored by the talent and. Uh, you know, across the board. I mean, you look at the offense, they still have a bunch of talent. I mean, Carson Wentz was, you know, I, I say this with air quotes, uh, you know, the prohibitive MVP favorite before he broke. It's like, okay, let's, let's, let's stop with, you know, revisionist history here. He was having a good season, but, you know, this, this is just not working out well for the Eagles. And, and this defense is just atrocious. I mean, before I, I guess Jalen Ramsey went to the Rams, the, the Eagles made a hard push. So, for him, so you you know that they they lack talent in that part of their lineup, and 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 clearly it it shows on a week to week basis. I mean, this team is just a, I I mean I mean they just they just let up points like it's nothing every week, and 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 this team is not going to go far if at all make the playoffs if they keep this up. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is this is a definite definite wake-up call for the Philadelphia Eagles. And look, they had high hopes coming into this season. You and I both really lauded this team coming in as probably being the most complete, or at least on paper, the most complete team in the NFC East. And they just have not lived up to that. And, you know, I mean, credit the Cowboys. They came out last night. You knew they were going to come out with a chip on their shoulder after having lost, after needing to rebound. Uh, They played reasonably well, but a lot of the reason why they had the success they had was because of the poorest defense of the Philadelphia Eagles. So they need to right the ship and they need to write it quick. It's really kind of sinking fast in Philly. Although you never really count out the Philadelphia Eagles. Just when you think they're ready to, uh, to you know, to roll over, they they can come back at you. And they had very similar uh, circumstances last year. Of course, Nick Foles being a big, big part of that. But yeah, it's just it was that was an abysmal effort last night, and they're uh, they're really um, they're really hurting for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, and uh, look, I mean, it, it's. It's the NFC East, so who knows? I mean, Dallas could go out and lose the next two games. I mean, they're they're as unpredictable as Philly is, but at least I think Dallas. I have more confidence in Dallas putting together a a good game against a good team than I do uh, the Eagles, despite Dallas struggling against you know some good teams this year. So, what did you learn, Mike? Yeah, well, I uh, I learned switching gears. I learned that the Baltimore Ravens are for real Mm -hmm. on both sides of the ball. Uh, This is a team that came in facing a very tough Seahawks team. And look, you and I were both big proponents of the Seahawks last week. Russell Wilson, the defense, the offense looking great. But I'll tell you, that Ravens team looked for real. Lamar Jackson can play, folks. He is a bona fide quarterback in this league. I think in terms of, and we always say, people always say we bring things back to the Patriots. Of course, that's where our, you know, (laughs) that's where our power lies. I think that could be one of the more interesting games in the AFC this season. Patriots-Ravens could be a precursor uh, to a possible AFC championship game. That's how much they impressed me yesterday. So, yeah, if I was ever on the fence about the Baltimore Ravens yesterday, proved that that team is legit. Yeah, and and, and look, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And 
it, it's going to be a, a and we we do bring things back to the Patriots because you know they're our crutch. I mean, when when we feel <laughs> like we don't know what we're talking about, we just go back to the Patriots, and you know everything's all good. So yes, we do use them a lot, but. Um, you know, the point is, it's like the Patriots are a litmus, litmus test for all these teams. And why not? I mean, you know, if you're going to kind of judge where you are, uh, you know, among the te- the league's elite and, and where you um, rank in terms of being able to get it done on the big stage against the big teams, you know, the Patriots are stop number one when it comes to testing your medal. And uh, that's medal with a uh, with a D, not a T. Um, so uh, it's. It, it, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I I've seen, I've seen enough out of the Ravens to know that the, they're just not a flash in the pan to start this season, and and they look clearly like uh, they could be this that second best team in the AFC. And this is with or without Patrick Mahomes, because yeah, maybe Lamar Jackson isn't Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or these guys. He's a damn good quarterback, but they have a they have a more complete team, you know, both sides of the ball. So this is something that you know. It, I, uh, over time, you know they're going to get better. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to continue to improve and adjust um, to to the NFL game and, and become a better passer. I mean, not that he's, I mean, he's a good one now. So, I mean, I'm right there with you. And 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 moving on in in the same breath, something that I learned, another thing that I learned, just like uh, Baltimore is much better than we anticipated. Jacoby Brissett <laughs> is far better than I think even even we anticipated and and you know you probably couldn't find bigger fans outside of the Patriots fan base of uh Jacoby Brissett before he went to the Colts and, and during so uh Jacoby Brissett man he is uh he's the man down in Indianapolis he really is and you know our good our good mutual friend Brian Snow is uh, a big proponent of the Indianapolis Colts and he and I have discussed this team in depth both on his show and even offline and we were going back and forth last night and he says how about them Colts how about them Colts first of all you really want to give some props to Eric Ebron and I, mm-hmm. I think at this point probably the catch of the year that he made yesterday just an unbelievable acrobatic one-handed catch uh, anybody who's seen it please go to YouTube look at the highlights uh, cbs.com I think has it up definitely take a look at that it was amazing it really really was a great catch but this is another team that is very very formidable they have a good defense a very very good defense their offensive line is doing a great job of giving Jacoby Brissett time that he needs to make his plays got a strong running game behind Marlon Mack and now you're taking a look at this team coming together and really rallying around what everyone thought was going to be an insurmountable problem I mean I don't think there's anybody out there that when Andrew Luck walked away from the game of football that didn't think Indy was going to need a bigger boat. Well, they found it in Jacoby mm-hmm. Brissett, and they did it, and they did it well, and look, we knew coming from New England what this team had on their roster, and the fact that this kid was the real deal in terms of, a, of being a quarterback, never really got the play that he deserved because he was you know third on the depth chart behind Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a tough task for anybody, but Jacoby did it, and he, he just came in there and showed the signs of poise. We remember against the Texans uh, when he came in and he had to play for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo and did a fairly good job. Struggled a little bit against the Bills that game, but we saw flashes of what this kid could do, and and, you know, he's he's really, really coming into his own in Indianapolis. And, you know, it's it's tough for Patriots guys to give any type of credit to the Colts. But you got to do it because this team is really um, they've showed a lot of metal and a lot of heart. And uh, to quote the late great Gorilla Monsoon, mm-hmm. a lot of intestinal fortitude uh, to uh, to be uh, uh, in the position that they're in. So sitting at four and two, they look like a very formidable challenger as well. It's going to be an interesting time in the AFC now. 
Yeah, you know, whenever you can uh, quote Gorilla Monsoon, you know it's going to be a good day. So, <laughs> <laughs> always, always. If I start saying "Will you stop?" halfway through this, then you know, you know, I've reached the peak. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We can we never peak with uh, Gorilla Monsoon. So, um, so what what else did you learn, Michael? Uh, in terms of what else have I learned, Michael, Michael, (laughs) Michael, yeah, let's hope you don't have to say that. No, I already uh, already, already did to start the show. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's, 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 let's hope that we can, uh, we can, we can get that all set. Um, I did learn that the San Francisco 49ers continue to march through the season unbeaten and folks, I don't think it's a fluke. I mean, I know they beat the Washington Redskins Mm -hmm. yesterday, but look, this is a team that can win games in the trenches. They proved that yesterday. Look at the terrible weather conditions that they had there. Although I got to say, if you watch the highlights of the game, it looks like those guys were having a blast. They were doing oh, slipping yeah. slides in the fun. field. So, you know, those, those types of games are fun for players, but uh, that's a great defense that they have in San Francisco. And, you know, Jimmy's doing a formidable job with his, uh, with his offense and you got to love what they're doing offensively, but that San Francisco defense is legit and they are legitimate contenders right now uh, for a Super Bowl berth. So uh, I did learn that the, uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers continue to prove prove that they are a legitimate undefeated team this year yeah you know they're they're uh reminding me a lot and i'm not putting them on that on this level quite yet you know it's early and, and we can only determine this by the end of the year but you know they remind me a lot of that 2003 patriots team the way they you know won different types of games um the offense wasn't you know the offense is okay jimmy is playing okay. I mean, it, he has as many touchdowns as he has turnovers, so that's that's right. certainly an issue. Um, and I think in two thousand three, Brady was a better quarter. I mean, he he was he was a better quarterback. But um, yeah, you know, we saw that Patriots team win games twelve nothing and 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 just nasty games against every different type of team in the NFL. And I think you're starting to see that. Uh, to some extent with the 49ers. we saw a nasty, messy game with a, with a team that was you know isn't that good in Washington but you know again this this you don't hear people crying about who they played you know it's just that they won a tight game which is something that you want to see happen if you're looking to take that next step as a franchise like the 49ers are like you know the, the 49ers and the Patriots both being undefeated means two different things the Patriots being undefeated is okay great it, it doesn't matter until you know unless they get to or win a Super Bowl that's pretty much the standard for the 49ers, they're still trying to figure out who they are and what they are because, I mean, they haven't been to this point in the season undefeated since since the 80s or, or was it, I, I think, the early 90s. I think they said it was the last time they started like this. So, um, again, it's been a long time, and, and the more you watch this team and the more you watch this defense, I mean, they're just they're, – they're very similar to the Patriots in that defensive sense, and, and, and points <laughs> points given up have uh, indicated that as well. So I'm right there with you. They're, they are they – are, they are something. <laughs> yeah, without question, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the defense is what's carrying the San Francisco 49ers right now. They're finding ways to make plays offensively when they need to, and yes, in order for them to continue on this trend and be a legitimate, serious contender, tender deep into the 2019 season and as the playoffs are ready to roll around jimmy does have to make more plays than he makes turnovers and you know i have confidence in the kid i think he'll be able to do it but he is going to have to address that in order for them to be considered a 
team that's going to be a formidable challenger to getting to the Super Bowl from the NFC because there are a couple of teams in that uh, conference right now that can definitely play. You talk about the New Orleans Saints. I'm sure we'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, you talk about, obviously, the Seattle Seahawks. I know they suffered a loss yesterday, but they will bounce back. They will be near the top of that uh, uh, that conference. So, And the Green Bay Packers continue to impress as well. So there are teams right now that are battle-tested that have been there before, and that's going to be the, uh, the, the huge mark. But I still see San Francisco fighting along with those teams right Right at the end for a berth in the uh, uh, the NFC for the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and and you mentioned a bunch of good NFC teams, and you know we'll get to we'll get to those as well because of course we're going to focus on Week Seven and of course previewing Monday Night Football and our fantastic hour that we have this morning. So um, the other thing that I learned um, is that it is absolutely foolish and ridiculous to um, give your MVP projections in Week Three. I mean, how how, yeah. how stupid is that? Because I mean, if anything, we saw a combination of injuries and good and subpar play uh, completely shuffle up what we anticipated was the MVP race heading into this week. And, you know, I think we will give our, I guess, front runners. Uh, we're not going to do that today. We'll, we'll do that later in the week because um, I think it's foolish to, to make any uh definitive projections when all the games have yet to be played and, and there's one guy uh up in up in foxborough that might have something to do with it especially with how things have played out but um look i we'll talk more about the game a little bit later in the show uh aaron Rodgers was great last night but let's let's not forget about you know let's let's not put him at the top of the mvp race it's just foolish i mean there, there's a discussion to be had about who is in that mix right now because i do think there is um or there has been a bit of a, a shuffle with, with how certain teams and players have played. And, of course, obviously Patrick Mahomes going down with injury changes things because he was right in the mix. Um, I, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and hold myself to it because I got I to gotta do a little bit of research. You know what I mean? I want to I wanna make sure that I have an informed opinion when I give this. I still right now think Russell Wilson is in the lead. Um, I, I do have the right to change that opinion when we officially – give our rankings later in the week but um there, there's there's several other guys that really threw their hat in the mix in this in this game it's not just the the one up in green bay um you know we talk about jacoby Brissett. how can you not start talking about him in the same vein if if, if we're going to throw aaron Rodgers in the mix jacoby Brissett's in the mix and if those two are in the mix then you you bet your ass that tom brady is in the mix and he could surpass those guys with a strong game tonight. So, you know, again, it, it's foolish to make these projections in week three, and uh, it, it's become very evident now that it seems to change week to week um, who's in the lead and who's the, the national uh, pundits' favorite uh, <laughs> favorite guy at the, at the moment. So, You actually question who the national pundits' favorite guy is? Well, that's, pa- well Patrick Mahomes went down. They had to do something, and, and, of, and they, wasted, <laughs> they wasted no time latching themselves on the uh the teat of the uh <laughs> what was Aaron Rodgers from like eight years ago but apparently hitching the wagon yeah. to the star my friend look there's no denying Aaron Rodgers was the star of the week so far we'll see what happens tonight people forget Monday night football extends the the playing week so we will see what happens tonight but there is no question he was the star of the day yesterday I mean six touchdowns just absolutely an incredible performance and no one is lessening what this guy can do or what he's done. But one game alone is not enough to hand someone the MVP trophy. And I think you're absolutely right. You have to be prudent. Take a look at the entire season. I agree with you. I still have Russell Wilson in the league. I think in the lead, I think he's still been the most consistent from week one 
through week seven now. So I think this is something where you need to just, you know, take a little step back. Don't worry about the, what have you done for me lately type culture and really take a look at the, uh, at the entire season. I admire you, my friend, for wanting to say, you have to do your research. You got to go beyond, you got to look, dig, go into stats because that's what it takes to crown an MVP. Not just look at a couple of sound bites and say, Oh yeah, that's it. That's, you know, that, that's a performance that's right up there. I mean, we know what, the end game is for most of the national sports media. We, we know what it's all about. It's basically let's laud anybody that doesn't wear red, white, and blue and play in new England. But you know, we'll, we'll, you know, that's, that's my two cents. Anyway, I'm probably angering some people when I say that, but prove me wrong. <laughs> not, not as much as I'd anger people this. <laughs> I know, I know we're, we're going to save our, our baseball discussion for tomorrow, but uh, any chance I get to play that, uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it because it, it brought tear, uh, joy to my eye. But look, you're, you're, you're right. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> you are right, Mike. You, you're a very, very, very smart, smart guy, uh, if I say so myself, um, especially when you when you compliment me. That, that's usually when you're most on point. Um, of course. Yeah, of course. But yeah, it's it's it's. <laughs> Yeah, just to kind of follow up, it is. It's just kind of ridiculous to 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 really uh, make these uh, uh, projections or at least uh, predictions based on you know knee jerk reactions and the you know I I, I feel like <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is the most prisoner of the moment quarterback of all time. If that makes sense, like I I feel like he, no one gets more overreaction for one singular non important moment than Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, if you remember any game against the Lions, it's like, who cares what else happened? Like, if he comes back against the Lions, it's the greatest comeback of all time. You know, I've seen uh, I've seen someone made a, a Jeff Darlington <laughs> says, what does he say yesterday? It's like, I might be, you know, this may be hyperbolic or hyper, this may be hyperbole. Hyperbole, yeah, but, greatest. Yeah. Yep, I know, go ahead. So this must be the greatest uh, 1 p.m. game in NFL history. And I'm just like, guys, relax, like calm down. Like it, just because he had a great game, or all, it doesn't have to be the best of all time. Because look, some, and I saw someone respond to it saying like, uh, well, you know, week 7, 2007. Patriots. Dolphins. Ah, yes. Like, you know, like, we know very well. Yes, that we absolutely. Know very well I'm that, so glad that you brought that up. That was again, <laughs> no, not taking any credit away from Aaron Rodgers, but that that was that was that was a that was a far better <laughs> game from a quarterback in that sense. And again, it just it kind of speaks to to how people just and and it's not just fans and it's not just you know uh, egg profile photos on Twitter. It's it's, it's national media guys that that, that fawn over it and, and it get it, sometimes it does get a little little too much and uh you know again what what did we expect though Mahomes is done or not done but he's out for a couple weeks so uh they they had to go to someone so or is he or or is he that's a, that's a good point and uh <coughs> no, it's another I'm, thing we learned yesterday that, that, isn't it my friend yeah, it, it is and i guess uh i guess that's yours go for it <laughs> what did you learn mike <laughs> Well, I learned that uh, Kansas City is either very confident 
in Patrick Mahomes' health right now. And I sincerely, for everyone involved, hope that is the case. That it's a situation where it was just a lot of much ado about nothing. That his dislocated kneecap is nowhere near as serious as it was originally put out. Um, and that they're very confident that if he were to come back in even less than three weeks' time, that he's going to be able to be at or near 100%. Because anything less than holding him out at least three weeks for an injury of that type is very, very risky for a young quarterback that's already supposedly dealing with a very serious ankle injury, which we heard before the game. That was a legit ankle injury. That was something that was always, that was out there, that was part of the national narrative going into Thursday night's game, that this was a very legit injury that he was dealing with. So if you put a weak knee, a weak ankle, and a quarterback that's very reliant on being mobile and moving around in the pocket to make incredible throws then you better be really, really serious and really sure that his health is not in jeopardy because rushing him back at this point is all it is at this point is just to chase the Patriots. That's all you're doing at this time. That's what this is all about. And are you going to sacrifice the health of your franchise quarterback, a guy that really has, I think, the opportunity to be the best player in the league for the next 10 years and beyond you have to be sure and you have to be careful and Chiefs fans are going to hop all over it and say, Oh, here comes the Patriots Homer. He doesn't want any part of Mahomes. He doesn't want any part of that. Look, no, this has nothing to do with that. Believe me when I tell you, when you ask people in new England, especially the guys in that locker room, if you're going to want to beat a team, you want to beat them at full strength. So it really doesn't have much to do with that at all. Be very, very careful with rushing Patrick Mahomes back because that could be an injury that does get worse if you aggravate it. Yeah, and look, I, I don't think there's any, regardless of how this shakes out, I, I, I've always assumed that he was going to be back because the Patriots and Chiefs play so late in the season, week 12, uh, December 8th. So, I mean, at that point, I mean, we're talking five, six weeks from now. So, you know, I'm not too concerned about him missing that game. It's just, you know, like you said, it may, I mean, what are you what are you fighting for? What's, what's, what's the point of keeping him in there, you know, before their bye week? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and, and look, I, I think... Not to sound insensitive or, or to, uh, you know, kind of poo-poo the injury, but um, without the ligament damage, you know, it's it's not that bad of an injury. I mean, there there it needs time to heal. Let's, you know, the, let's be clear. I mean, it, just like any joint, any, sh- you know, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> so don't go, don't go quoting me in some, you know, you know, trying to trying to say that I, I gave some medical advice. I'm just saying from personal experience um, and, and having a, a things such as shoulders pop out on a pretty regular basis. Um, it, it's painful, yes, um, but it's something that you can live with and get over fairly quickly. So um, if there's no structural damage, I, I can't imagine it's going to be an issue. Um, I would say more <clears throat> more mentally than anything is going to be the issue for Patrick Mahomes. If he does what he's supposed to in terms of uh, rest and rehab and strengthening his knee up, he's going to be fine. So it's just a matter right. of you know getting over that mental hump. Um, and, and making sure that he doesn't overcompensate or, <clears throat> or undercompensate or, or, or try to plant differently. And, and look, you know, this is the other thing, uh, is, is, you know, as flashy as Mahomes is, I mean, no, no one talks much about his footwork, but it's God awful. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers awful. And, and, and some of it's intentional, you know, I, I don't want to sit there and say he's just has an inability to, you know, <laughs> plant his feet and, and throw like a normal, you know, 
stand in the pocket quarterback. But you know these issues tend to uh, exacerbate these issues, these uh, these problems because not only does he not uh, have a structural way of planting and throwing. Um, you know, with, with questions about his knee uh, stability and all that stuff in his head, you know, he may not be able to, to get to where he's supposed to be or, or where he wants to be in, in terms of trying to make those throws. So, you know, there's a lot of little factors that go into it. I, I think just the best course of action is to just not rush him back because even with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, for them to overtake the Patriots in this conference, it's, it's going to be a a tough hurdle, not to mention they have other teams that are kind of in the mix as well, so... Oh, definitely. No question about it. And I agree with you about the injury. I don't necessarily think that it's a, it's something that would have kept him out for the entire year. The minute you hear no ligament damage or no serious ligament damage, you knew that he was going to come back this year. But reports starting to come out that, oh, now he's all of a sudden week to week and he's going to come back in less than three weeks is starting to look like it's done for either one of two reasons. One, for the ability, like we said, to catch New England to try to nab that top spot. And look, I understand teams trying to do that, but if you start to play on an injury, especially like that, in less than time, in less than the time it takes for it to really heal and heal well enough for you to be able to withstand game contact, then you can make it worse. And that's a situation that Kansas City is going to have to figure out, and Mahomes is going to have to figure out for themselves. The other reason is. A national narrative, and we just talked mm -hmm. about it with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you can almost hear and you can almost see the momentum start to build in this Willis Reed-like type, <laughs> um, you know, storyline that would start to circulate about Patrick Mahomes. We saw it with Aaron Rodgers last year. He's playing on one leg. Um, you know, these are the types of things that like to be fueled in the fire. So. This may not be coming so much out of Kansas City. It might not be so much coming out of even Mahomes' camp. This could be a national narrative that's starting to to, uh, to bud, but definitely worth keeping a sharp eye on, folks, because you definitely want to see what's going to happen with Mahomes and how well he's going to be able to come back when he does take the field again, if he's going to be limited, if it's going to hurt him, or if he's going to come out and play very well. Uh, those are all things that we'll definitely keep an eye on, and, and all fans will definitely keep an eye on as well. But you just want the kid's long-term health to be the most most important factor here because he's got a long future ahead of him it's not like he's ready to ride off into the sunset at the end of the year and he's going to give it the old college try like cc sabathia did a couple of weeks ago coming back when he shouldn't have a couple of weeks ago a couple of days ago excuse yeah. me um and you know blowing out his shoulder and, and trying to give that one last gasp uh to uh, to get your team over the hump um holmes is just starting his career he's it's, it's just budding and the best is yet to come for the kid yeah and look <clears throat> this situation is uh this situation is great for guys like Nick Wright, you know, the national narrative, because, you know, if Patrick Mahomes comes back and they win and they go on and do these great things, it's the most incredible story ever because he's overcome uh, what they will bill as basically a, a leg amputation. You know, that's that's the level that they're going to take this to. You know, it's going to build and build and build from a simple, uh, you know, everyday normal injury in the NFL to something that no one. <laughs> has ever recovered from before um or <clears throat> if he doesn't win it's like you said it's like the aaron Rodgers thing it's like oh well he was playing on one leg <clears throat> no he wasn't he had two <laughs> legs if he had one leg he wouldn't be out there i mean I, I can't imagine you know and i'm I'm obviously taking it very literally but it's 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 to speak about how how stupid that comment is and and i 
I, I do mean to offend people, because if you believe that, then I, I hope you're offended by my comment. It is. It's stupid. I mean, like, look, if you're out there on the field playing a football game, um, you know, all the, a lot of so many of these guys are injured. I mean, you're not going to hear about linemen or, or defensive linemen that get hit every time that, uh, that are playing with torn ACLs and, and, and uh, torn la- shoulder labrums and all these other aches and pains. But it's like, you know, Aaron Rodgers goes out there, gets bagged up <clears throat> in week one, and in week 17, when they're 6-9-1, and one, oh, he was doing this all on one leg. It's like, no, he wasn't. He was fine. If, it, if he was really that injured, there's not a chance in the world Green Bay would put him out there and risk the future of their franchise. So let, let's just Guaranteed. be clear. So this whole idea that, you know, these guys are, are superhuman, I mean, like, let's let's relax a little bit and, and you know, stop fueling this ridiculous narrative that's, that's just beginning to to balloon up and into this you know insufferable like (laughs) march towards greatness you know no it's true i mean and you see the overreactions and look before people start to get on ian and mostly myself because i've been i've been a little more of the hater you've been more of the level head this morning believe (laughs) it or not i've actually i've had a little more i've had a little more fire in my gut this morning with some of these but i only got you know we're not (laughs) (laughs) but we're not coming at the players we're not coming at these teams or anything like that it's mostly the narrative that surrounds this and i mean again we saw this with rogers yesterday about the best 1 p.m game in history i mean with all due respect to our good mutual friend terrence biggs who we we know and love very well the raiders are a team with a very very mediocre pass rush and not a very good defense when it comes to defending the pass so the fact that rogers put up six touchdowns against them you have to keep that in perspective again we're just putting things in perspective again with mahomes you have to put things in perspective take a look at the injury that he's had you know he's not like you know, he's not playing the entire season on a torn ACL or a broken leg or anything like that. I mean, you look at what Philip Rivers did in yeah, the I AFC know, Championship right, exactly. game a few years ago. I mean, that is unbelievable that he was able to do it. <laughs> that is really playing on one leg, folks. I mean, that really was. And you and I both watched that game very closely as Patriots guys, so we knew, you know, what what was happening and how that was that was all playing out. And, and then finding that out afterwards was amazing uh, to uh, to be able to to think about. So. Again, it's just a matter of putting things in perspective. That's what we're trying to say that we learned is that everything balances out. Aristotle once said, virtue lies in the middle and find that middle ground before you start overreacting one way or another. Oof. Wow. There you go. Breaking out Aristotle on a Monday. I, you know, on a Monday, <laughs> 8 a, on a, yep. uh, you know, that, that just tells me I, I'm really going to have to step up my game because you, you come, uh, you come with Aristotle and I, uh, I come with this. All right. Want to get nuts? <laughs> Come on. Let's get nuts. I, I mean, look, I mean, well, come gonna... on. I mean, we're talking Aristotle and Costanza, probably yeah. the two greatest philosophers of <laughs> yes. humankind, I, I would say. That's a, you know? that's actually very that's actually very true. As I started to play, you know, I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, you know, it's not a lie if you believe it. And I'm thinking, I was like, just going to say, I, look, and, at the, uh, look at the pearls of wisdom dropped by Costanza. You know, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Aristotle, Costanza. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not just the alphabetical order that they're close by. It's 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 they're right up there. So, um but yeah, that's just, that's that's just a good sign for the week. So, um we, yeah, so we we learned quite a bit. Um I actually this segment lasted far longer than I thought when I when, when I anticipated uh doing this. You know, I figured this was going to be a quick nice intro and 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 here we are uh uh <laughs> Blowing by the midway point of the show, which is great, though, because that, that just means that we're having a good time and uh, having some laughs and, uh, you know, do, doing our thing. So um, 
So this week is going to be pre- <clears throat> excuse me going to be pretty fun. I think, like I said, tomorrow um, I'm going to be able to get on camera and we're going to ca- broadcast the show on video as well. So uh, if you can't get enough of our voice and want to see our faces, then you know by all means uh, join in on the Sportscaster feed. We will uh, be tweeting that out as well um, later in the week. We're gonna tomorrow. I think we're really going to dive into the World Series as that kicks off tomorrow. Um, it's going to be right. fun um, to kind of. I mean, we, we mentioned it last week. Uh, anticipate than um the Astros moving on and just how great of a pitching uh matchup it is between those two teams and what, what a treat we're gonna get you know for the next week or so uh in this uh in this World Series that hopefully hopefully goes seven games I'm all for that so um but today is Monday which means we we are we are just talking straight football and and whatever random thought pops into our mind um <laughs> so we're going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, we're going to uh, get away from what we learned because, uh, you know, we, we don't want to expose ourselves for learning too much last week because that, that implies that we didn't really know much to begin with. And uh, although that may be true, I, I don't want to admit that on air. Although I, I think I might have just done that, <laughs> admitting that we didn't really know too much. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, any other game that really stuck out to you uh, this this past weekend? I know, obviously, we, we talked a little about a little bit about the Cowboys and Eagles, um, 49ers, Redskins. Uh, the, the Cardinals picked up a pretty big win. Um, the Titans, Ryan Tannehill looked pretty good with the Titans uh, against the against the Chargers, which, I mean, geez, talk about a team that's just a rinse and repeat every single year. It's it's the Chargers. I mean, it's injuries and yeah. achieving, and, and it's it just never changes for that team. That's true. And as someone that covered the Chargers, uh, it's disheartening because you saw the buddings of really what was looking to be a very formidable team. That defense looked to be on the cusp of doing something really special. Rivers still under center, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon. You looked at all the pieces they were putting together and you're starting to say, this might be the Chargers team that puts it over the top. And I had a lot of faith in Anthony Lynn in terms of the coaching job that he was going to be able to do. And I don't necessarily put all of this on his shoulders, but you're the head coach. You've been in there a few years now you have to shoulder some of that burden and yeah i mean the chargers just it, it just seems like they're always on the cusp of doing something special but can never really get over the top and yeah again if you're a chargers fan i can definitely imagine it's disheartening if you're a fan of the san diego chargers you're probably loving this because it's a situation where you're looking at it and saying yep well you can take a model of san diego but it's the same old team it's the same old stuff um that's it is kind of mind mind boggling to me that they're not a better team than they are. I don't necessarily know if they would be the uh, you know in the top echelon you know regardless of what, but they should be a lot better than they are right now. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, this is something that we we've I feel like we've we've watched for just as long as we've watched the Patriots be successful. Is is the Chargers? be touted as a, a talented and good football team? Which look, I mean, there there is I mean an absurd amount of talent. And year in and year out, there's a lot of talent on the on this Chargers team, and they just have not ever really put it together. I mean, the closest they ever came was was the infamous fourteen and two Marty Schottenheimer team. I mean, they were yeah. so good, and they got beat by a a team like a Patriots team that wasn't as good as them that year. I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, we're not. I mean, we're Patriots honks and homers. Let's let's not get us wrong, but we're also realistic, and we understand that. Right. You know, look, that wasn't the best Patriots team, and they they probably got you know they're fortunate to come out of that game, but it also was kind of the best last hope it seems like for the Chargers because, and that was thirteen years ago, two thousand six. So yeah. I, I, 
I don't know. It's just it, to me, I just I I will I will never have any faith in the Chargers. And to me, it's it's at this point. I mean, how much longer does Philip Rivers play? Um, I mean, I guess that's kind of a, a rhetorical question, but not really. Um, how do you know? A few more years, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I would say yeah, he's definitely on the downswing as opposed to the upswing in terms yeah. of years left. So, yeah, the window is I don't even know if I could say it's closing anymore. I think that window might be might be shut. I don't know if it's locked shut yet. I mean, they might be able to force it open, but I think the window is closed right now for uh, for the, the Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, something needs to turn around. I mean, there's still there is still talent on that roster, folks. So, you know, it's theoretical that something could spark them to start rattling off a few wins we saw that last year i mean the team does have talent they are capable of winning games but to get themselves over the top there's got to be something changed and i don't know if it's coaching i don't necessarily know if maybe it's gm buy-in that they have to start getting players in there that are buying into the system it's it's just it's tough to uh to to wrap your mind around because i did have a lot higher expectations for this team than they're showing right now yeah, and, and and that's the thing. It's like I I just at this point I have I have zero faith that they'll ever get over the hump. I would never trust them in a big game against anyone. I, I mean that's that's basically the bottom line. Is you know they they can beat up on mediocre teams, but it's like you know it, it just whenever they need a game to win, whenever they need to come through and with a big win, they just they just don't. And it's it, it, it's it's unfortunate because again you have a lot of really good players on that team, and uh, you know Philip Rivers, and you know I I feel like he's he's fairly content with his career. I mean he doesn't seem like a guy who you know is is consumed with having to win a championship. I think his priorities are are, are far more uh towards his family and 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 that right. type of thing, you know what I mean? And that's that's not to knock anyone. It's not to say Brady's isn't, but you know, obviously Brady is a is a in terms of of drive and motivation. I I it's hard for me to find any other athlete at least in my you know, lifetime that has ever been more driven or or, or has more motivation to succeed when when I mean, for for a moment, let's talk. I mean, it's like the guy—the guy who's won six championships at age forty-two, and and the guy still has the drive as if he has never won a thing. And 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 I don't think that goes. I don't think that's talked about enough because I think that's such a unique thing to him that uh, you know really is one of the things that separates him from other people. But um, in terms of Philip Rivers, I don't you know necessarily think he has something close to that. And it's not a knock on him. I just think he, again, he loves the game of football. Um, Let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves. He loves it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if he can go home and, you know, sit on his couch with his 27 kids, I, I think he'll be all right. I believe so. I believe. I don't know. That's the last count that I had. But uh, no, in, in any case, you're absolutely right on on uh, on Rivers. Um, and. You know, that's not to say that he's not driven to win, and I, I do believe he is. I don't think anybody achieves the level that Philip Rivers has achieved without having a drive to win football games, and he's very good at doing that. I agree with you, though. I think that there is a lot more that drives Philip Rivers in terms of his personal life uh, than just being consumed with winning and winning a championship and getting to that next level. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. It's everybody's everybody's drive is different and everybody's circumstances are different with the Chargers in terms of the team. I don't necessarily know if that starts at the top, if that's a Rivers problem, because it seems to be following this team all over the place. It could be. I mean, maybe that's a legitimate argument to have. I've always liked Rivers as a player. I've always liked him as a person. You know, so it's you know, it's it's something where I think it does bear out 
a little bit of discussion on that topic, though, because since he's taken over the reins of the San Diego, of the San Diego, look, you got me doing it, uh, of the Los Angeles Chargers, it's difficult to, you know, to see this team breaking through. So, especially with the defense that they've had, I mean, you know, you look at guys like Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, when you can build a defense around two elite pass rushers like that and not come away with a little bit more than what they've been able to do these last couple of years it's concerning it, it, it really really is and all right last year they ran into the patriots who were the eventual super bowl champions you can make that argument that they just ran into a better team last year but having a loss like that needs to motivate you to come out and be better the following year and i don't think we've seen that from the los angeles chargers and i think it's something that you know now you have to start looking at well what's the culture and why is that not the case why did this team not come out hungrier than they did last year and they should have well i mean to to speak of the culture i mean just look at their situation <laughs> i mean they're playing games uh, outside of san diego uh, as as basically what feels like them as a third wheel in Los Angeles to a stadium that has predominantly fans of the other team. So, I mean, that that right there speaks to the culture of that team and just that environment. So, um, and, and you you also mentioned, you know, different circumstances. And, and look, I mean, no one's going to sit there and kid yourselves and say that Tom Brady probably has, like, in terms of family life balance and, and, and football balance, probably has the best circumstances because he has a, he has a spouse who, in her own right, has – been driven to be the greatest at what she does so i i, I think that it, it definitely plays a factor as opposed to you know at home you know maybe obviously you know priorities are different situations and and, and lives are different so right uh, you know all those factors come into it and at the end of the day i mean the bottom line is like the the organization itself has 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 failed to put a a competitive team well i, I don't want to say that because they're competitive but a a uh, championship competitive team on the field for years now despite all the talent and you and you, again you mentioned it on the defense and all that so um so we're we're moving along pretty quickly here we're, we're, let's let's kind of shift gears and and do what we love to do and focus on the patriots because they, they obviously <laughs> they obviously play tonight and um I'm absolutely shocked it took us the late 45 to get well, to the Patriots. Well, me too. Me too. Like I said, I anticipated the exact opposite. I, I was thinking, okay, we're going to spend like, we're going to breeze through like 15 minutes and then just, you know, be straight Tom Brady and Patriots talk for 45 minutes. No, it, the exact opposite. Actually, we're, we're, we're going to have to cram this in and get all of our knowledge into 15 minutes. Actually, a little bit less than that. But um, no, look, I mean, this is a, <clears throat> I mentioned it before. I mean, you know, when we were talking about you know, pumping the brakes on, on who we think after week seven is uh, the MVP candidate. Well, look, if we're going to start throwing these other guys in the mix, then, uh, you know, Tom Brady's right in that mix, too. And if he goes out and has a good game against the Jets, um, you know, he's he's still going to be right at the top of, of most, uh, you know, most of uh, the quarterbacking statistics. So on top of being 7-0 and and, and playing very good football, despite, again, what the national uh, narrative tends to lean towards. And that is let's key in on one play and, and, and shape the, his entire season around that one play. So look, I mean, this, this is a, this is a big change from when they played the Jets just a few weeks ago. I mean, Sam Darnold's back. Quentin Williams is back. Uh, I, I think Mosley's playing. So it, it's definitely a different, uh, it's going to be a different Jets team. Are you anticipating a different result? I mean, I would, I'll just put it out that way. 
a different result? Uh, no, I'm not anticipating a different result. I am anticipating a different road to get to that result. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a very tight game. I think the Jets are going to give the Patriots all they can handle. I do still like the Patriots in this game. Uh, the reason being is that I still think that Tom Brady, especially a motivated and maybe a little bit angry Tom Brady, <laughs> and we didn't even bring that up, which no, I think God, we'll save yeah. maybe to a different day. You know, maybe we'll just let that sit for now as to why he might be a little bit ticked off. Um, but uh, I do think he's going to be able to exploit that Jets secondary, which really has been the Achilles heel of their defense right now. Tremaine Johnson simply just hasn't been what they've hoped for in New York. And I think if there's a way that the Patriots can exploit something, it's getting one-on-one matchups and being able to exploit that. Now, they are thin at wide receiver. There's no question about it. Josh Gordon is out for this game, mm-hmm. folks. He is not going to be playing nursing knee and ankle injuries. I think it's a smart move with Josh holding him out of this game, even though it's a Monday nighter, it's a national audience, and yes, the Jets are going to be a lot more formidable this time around than they were last time around, but you need Josh Gordon healthy down the stretch. That's when you need him to be at his peak. So, for the Patriots to hold him out of this game smart, let him heal up, let him do what he needs to do, and hopefully he'll be ready to go uh, for the Cleveland game this weekend uh, coming up on Sunday. However, you also have Rex Burkhead that's not going to be in the lineup uh, as well, and This is starting to become a concern for Patriots fans. And look, I love Rex Burkhead. I really love the way he plays. Um, He's always reliable when he's on the field. He's a guy that can get you yardage. But when he's on the field, again, thank you. Uh, Absolute operative word here, folks. You have to start to wonder when this becomes a liability for them. And look, I'm not saying that they're going to cut him loose or anything like that. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But he just can't be someone that they can be regular rely on regularly to be a big part of this offense. So as a result, I think you're going to see more Brandon Bolden tonight. And our good friend Thomas Murphy is right now doing backflips and jumping up and down. He loves him some Brandon Bolden. But Bolden's looked great this year and he deserves the accolades he's getting. Could this be the night where we finally see Damian Harris get a few reps? That seems to be the the key that everybody's, you know, they're obviously, they spent a high draft pick on him. They were high on his uh, skill and ability. I scouted this kid during training camp, watched him very closely, uh, looked to be a very good pickup, someone that can really contribute um, to the team with that, you know, ground and pound type style that Bill Belichick seems to love. Harris is not a big contributor on special teams at all, so I think that's one of the reasons why he hasn't been a part of this uh, this game. And Belichick usually uses his running backs very sparingly uh, when they're a rookie. He brings them along slowly, unless you're a first-rounder. Obviously, we saw Sonny Michelle get in there last year, but I think the Patriots are going to look to establish the running game, look for James White, look for Sonny Michelle, opens up play action, and if Brady can start getting those short passes and exploit the holes in the, the, uh, the Jets' secondary... I think that's where the the Patriots win this, but they're going to be held to to a low amount of points tonight, and I think the defense can hold Sam Darnold in check as well. Well, I I think you spoke too soon when you said I was the level-headed one today, uh, because I I disagree with you to an extent. I think think this is going to be a blowout um, for a number of reasons. Uh, I I think Sam Darnold's going to throw three interceptions. the guy's interception prone as it is, good quarterback, but has that bit of a gunslinger mentality. And the Patriots defense, um, you know, the old saying, like, you're a defensive back, you know, you're not a wide receiver because you can't catch. Uh, that's why you became yeah. a defensive back. Well, um, defensive backs, defensive linemen, de- linebackers, it doesn't matter. Every guy on this team catches the football. It's, it's incredible. Like, when, when that ball has an opportunity to be picked off, 
nine times out of ten, the Patriots are coming down with that this season, and um, I don't think that's going to change tonight. I think you alluded to the fact that Brady's a little, little ticked off, and you know, I, again, sometimes this is just uh, storyline fodder, you know, storylines, all that stuff, you know. But he does play with a noticeable uptick when he gets angry, which again is something that we've seen from time to time where he gets a little, little nuts as they say, let's get nuts. And, um, you know, he's going to go out there and I think he's going to have a very strong game. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, (laughs) has, I I mean, done everything, but never gets, you know, the, the, the the praise that others get for certain things that, that they do. You know what I mean? Like, again, we talked about how much, uh, Mahomes and, and Rogers gets praise for, you know, I mean, if they got held to the same exact standards, like, again, I'm not trying to bring down Aaron Rodgers thing, because the whole idea of knocking Brady for thra- throwing to the open guy is is the most idiotic uh, argument ever. It's like, so you'd rather he not throw to the open guy? Um, right. <laughs> but it's like watching that game last night with, you know, uh, you know the, the Packers game. It's like, I mean, how many guys were just, you know, sitting there with, with, 10 yards of separation between them and the, the next Raiders defender. I mean, that, that Lazar touchdown, I mean, was like literally a simple little scoop. Here you go. And he just runs for 75 yards. So it's like, you know, if he got held to that same standard that, that Brady does, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just funny. That's, that's one of the things I like to point out is just the irony of how these different play, uh, how certain players are covered. And, and Brady is certainly uh, <laughs> one that gets the uh, short end of the stick when it comes to that. But um, no, I just, I look at this as, an opportunity for the for the Patriots to come out on a, on a lot of rest. Um, I mean, they didn't play; they haven't played since last Thursday. So you know, not only do they get that extra night's rest that you get with Monday Night Football, you get that extra three days rest because they played Thursday previously. So I, I just think they're going to come out and you know win a pretty pretty easy game. I'm not going to say the Jets are going to roll over. I just I, I think it might be close for like the first quarter and then, you know, Sam Darnold's going to throw a couple picks and there's going to be turnovers and, and that's kind of when the floodgates are going to open and, and you're going to be maybe you'll see uh, Jarrett Stidman in the last uh, last five minutes or so of the game. That uh, could be. I mean, there's definitely, you know, and I can absolutely see this being able to take that turn. Uh, the thing that uh, that makes me believe that this team might be a little bit more formidable to take on this time around is Quinn and Williams, the presence of Quinn and Williams in that off in that defensive line, the presence of CJ Mosley in that linebacking crew does give them a lot more versatility. And let's face it, the New England Patriots have been a team that has struggled at times offensively this year to get things going. Mm-hmm. The key for them is going to be able to pressure Brady. And we've talked about Greg Williams before, and we've talked about the pressure that he loves to send in blitzing defenses and keeping quarterbacks uncomfortable, you're going to have to see that right off the bat with the Jets. If they do that early and try to confuse Brady, try to get him off his game, which is not an easy thing to do. Brady is probably the most difficult quarterback in the league to confuse. It's making him uncomfortable that tends to throw him off his game, but he's very seldom confused. If they're able to do that, then that could open up things and make this more of a tight game. I I do believe that because this is going to be on the road, maybe a little bit of a long layoff, the Patriots being a little thin at some of the skill positions, that's why I think this is going to be a closer game. But ultimately, I know we we both pick uh, the Patriots to win this game, and I would be surprised if they didn't win this game. Yeah, again, I mean, this is, you know, it's one of those free AFC East wins, you know, you know how they say it. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, no, no win is easy. And again, it, the Patriots do make it look easy at times. And that just speaks to how good they are. I mean, it's not it's not about, you know, them getting a, a you know, fortunate, you know, schedule. I mean, 
that that narrative is so drawn out and tired. I mean, if we had more time, I I might go off into a rant because this coffee is really starting to kick in right now, and I'm starting to get fired <laughs> up. But for, unfortunately, we only have uh, five minutes left, so <laughs> I'm gonna have to wrap it up. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm picking the Patriots. Um, you know, we we will uh, we will break down the game in more detail tomorrow. That's going to be kind of our our one of our main focuses and of course you know the world series and maybe we'll mention a couple little nba tidbits as, as the season kicks off uh tomorrow but um yeah I, I got the patriots winning i got them winning by you know probably about 17 to 21 points i i i just you know it may not feel like that game at the end of the day but uh you know i think that's eventually what it's going to turn out to be and uh, you know again a lot of it's going to be due to turnovers and i i do think the offense is going to have a, a fairly good game but you know like you said though i am concerned about you know you gotta play better on the offensive line you gotta be you know you have to get more blockers in there and again having only one tight end it's not going to help either so um it'll be interesting to see how they attack uh this offense if uh they try to offset that pass rush by going quick passing um Fortunately, they do have, or at least it looks like they're going to have Philip Dorsett back tonight, which is going to help alleviate the pressure of not having Josh Gordon in there. So, um, too bad they didn't have uh, another receiver that uh, just happens to be uh, one of the best in the league. But hey, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> as long there could be help on the way in well, that situation. You, know, it could, it you could. never really know for sure. There's a lot of rumors swirling around right now. Well, you, you including know, one that, including one that is definitely always still out there, folks. I mean, it well, just it still lingers over the top. Well, cloud, every every time know? I see the, them like each other's posts and, <laughs> and post something with like you know, AB a- posts this video yesterday and he's wearing this you know just a brief like two second clip where he has like this uh, uh, uh Patriots like winter cap hat on and I'm just like. I know I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, at this point, this might be, uh, you know, pretty woman wishful thinking uh, territory. Um, but again, you know, my you've known my, you know, people who know me know my have have known my feelings about this for a long time. You know, and this just isn't this uh, recent, you know, recent uh, thought process. This has been going on since since the day all this went down and he got cut. I, I don't think they ever should have cut him. And, you know, again, if they come up shorthanded in terms of getting a wide receiver in the trade deadline, um, you know, that, that could be an issue. Although in my mind, if, if they do come up short with a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, I, I feel like all of a sudden this guy becomes a better option. And if you listen to anyone out there, it seems to be that, you know, Hey, look, people are actually interested in signing this guy after the trade deadline. And you don't see a bunch of, uh, you know, pitchforks and uh twitter mobs coming after people so it's just to me it's funny and and at the end of the day like i wish he was still on this team because again this would cure a lot of the problems that they've been having in terms of injuries and all that and uh you know you want to be talking too much about a josh gordon injury in week seven if uh you know you still had antonio brown julian edelman and philip torsett lining up uh at the receiver position but again i can't i can't i can't change the way of thinking i I can just hope (laughs) just hope but we'll see we'll see we'll uh, absolutely we, we all live in hope my friend <laughs> exactly and i'm sure we're gonna we'll, we'll get once we get a little bit closer to the trade deadline next week we're gonna kind of dive into that a little bit more and um you know really anticipate what's gonna happen because i feel like it is gonna be a pretty active trading deadline so with that said we're, we're getting back we're getting down to the last 90 seconds or so and uh i do want to thank everyone once again for uh for listening to us uh ramble on about a bunch of nonsense that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't care about, but we care about it. 
and we like coming on here and talking about it. So yes, uh, we do. We will be back tomorrow. Like I said, we're going to talk some uh, World Series. It's going to be exciting. We're going to talk. You know, we're going to recap Monday Night Football, and uh, you know, we'll just talk about you know whatever. And uh, you know, we're going to get Brian back on to do our crossover since we were having some audio issues this you know this past week or so. We're hoping that's going to be all resolved by tomorrow, so we can get back into that flow and. Um, course we're going to get on video so uh if you're if you like listening to us and you also want to tune in and watch us feel free to do that because we will be uh or at least i will be on camera tomorrow and hopefully mike will be joining us soon once he gets all the uh, necessary uh medical procedures done and he can get on camera so absolutely yeah, yeah you know, definitely hey, <laughs> gotta gotta <laughs> gotta look good so um yep. Once again, thank you very much. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow the show. It's at FPC Radio Live. Um, I am at IGLEN31. He is Mike DeBate. You can follow him at MDABATEFPC. Uh, coming up in 30 seconds is uh, Brian Snow and Snowman in the Morning. Check it out, 9 to 11 a.m. Uh, if you're just tuning in now, our replay airs at 2. And uh, just check out all the great programming coming up uh, today on Full Press Radio. And enjoy Monday Night Football. So, Mike, have a great afternoon. Have a great day.